Welcome to another episode of uh, ESPN Cricket Post Amp Mike. We are halfway through the 10 day break between tests. The frenzy from the end of the second match is behind us. India tonal up. Ravichandran Ashwin has joined the TNPL auction process for some reason. KL Rahul is drawing a lot of flack from a former cricketer. Everybody down under has suddenly figured out how to play the sweep shot and wants to tease the Australian team how. And uh, in that process, Australia sent a bunch of cricketers back home because maybe it'll help them in the ashes. Uh, I'm your host, Kaustub, and uh, joining me are Alex Malcolm and Karthik Krishnaswamy as we try to make sense of all of this. It's again a great toss to win for Australia, and uh, 263, 264 odd on the board is not something to be sneezed at. How would you want to deconstruct what happened with the ball specifically? Because I think Usman Khawaja and uh, Hanscom right did pretty well in the first innings when they are se- what seven down for 170 uh, on the. Board a 140 on the board, and time and again we have seen since Headingley 2019 that they're not able to get the job done with their bowlers. I think that their batters have got to be culpable in the first innings, winning the toss when the pitch is at its best. Only making 263, they had a situation where they probably could have added 50 or 60 more. But they certainly had a golden opportunity at, at 139 for seven, with India 124 behind, three wickets in hand, not being able to close that out uh, is. Is pretty disappointing from an Australian perspective. But having said that, uh, India's number eight is currently averaging over 30 in Test cricket. He's he's made two brilliant half centuries in the last two games, and then number nine has five Test hundreds. Um, and I think that's the same as number as what Travis Head has got. As Nathan Lyon said after that second day's play, India don't have a tail. They, they have a long top order that like goes down to number nine and. I think they had some chances, but Akshar Patel just played beautifully. He he really summed up the situation really well, um, and he had great support from Ashwin. And they they played the surface and the conditions to the best of their ability, and they they just controlled the situation very nicely. Australia's catching probably has some questions to it. Steve Smith dropped yet another catch, a, a toughish chance, but it was low at slip one. He probably could have taken. It might have been Akshar, and then Renshaw off at. Ashwin uh, at leg slip had a really good chance as well, so Lyon could have picked up seven, and that would have meant that Australia had a 60-run lead. I think potentially Pat Cummins got a few matchups wrong. He, he definitely needed to keep Matt Kuhneman away from Akshar, and he didn't do it. And Akshar took full toll. He hit him for uh, a six and a four in consecutive deliveries. It might have been a four and a six. Uh, in one over that really got him going. I think it got him from sort of twenty up, and then pushed him up into the thirties, and and accelerated his in- innings after having to work really hard against the off spinners. Um, and Cummins didn't bowl particularly well himself. He wasn't able to get any reverse swing, uh, and and we've subsequently found out there's probably a reason for that. He's had a lot going on in his mind. They they probably should have had a fifty sixty. Potentially seventy run lead, which would have changed the course of the game, and they they need to review both their catching and and potentially Andrew McDonald said their lines to Akshar Patel in particular were were not quite right. They probably got a little bit too straight to him, uh, and as a result, paid full price. But uh, wouldn't you say that there is a pattern, so as to speak, and in every close match, it's Australia that's always been ahead, and it's the other team that gets the chance to claw back in. So uh, there is something to be said about the bowlers not being able to finish the job. Like if Lyon has already taken five wickets, again it was phenomenal bowling. Then he didn't have somebody to compliment him in the process, right? And uh, that's how you had your uh, Akshar Patel and Ashwin just run away with the match at the end. Like from what could have been a fifty-sixty run lead, it became a one-run lead, and it comes down to not being able to close it off. 
Yeah, that's probably fair. And there has been there has been some patterns, as you suggest. Obviously, Headingley 2019 is, is one forefront of mind. The, the two games in the Border Gavaskar Trophy in 2021 in Sydney and Brisbane, again, they were ahead of the game and weren't able to close it out um, with the ball. Uh, and at those periods, I guess, Australia didn't have the all-rounder. Um, so that meant that those attacks tended to tire. There was a heavy workload for the quicks. Uh, and so, therefore, you know, it was a little bit harder for them to close it out. Since the all-rounder in green has really come into his own, Australia haven't had too many problems on that front when they've got in front of the game. Um, there was one instance in Sydney against England in the series. They won 4-0. They probably could have won 5-0, but they lost one bowler in Boland for a period of time. He had, uh, he had to go and get uh, checked for a side injury. Uh, and they dropped a few catches. It's it's more they're catching actually. They lost they uh, lost the opportunity to win two 0 in Pakistan. They were ahead of the game in the last innings trying to bowl Pakistan out, and they dropped a stack of catches. Um, and so they're probably more areas where they've been faltering as opposed to the actual bowling itself. I would say that's my that's my personal view. Maybe prior to when Green came online as a as a fully-fledged all-rounder and a key part of a five-man attack, they, they certainly had issues closing it out. But for the most part, since uh, since that failure in Brisbane where India won that famous test match, Australia's been pretty good at closing teams out uh, with the ball. And it's been more their catching than the actual bowling partnerships, I guess, that's been the issue. But having said that, they only really had three bowlers... Three experienced bowlers. I mean, two debutants really. I should say two experienced bowlers, one debutant and, and one guy in his second test. So it's a big ask for those guys without the all-round support of Green. So I wouldn't be too harsh on them personally. With Green coming in, he has already declared himself fit, uh, as we all know, and uh, it does seem like he's going to slot into the next match. That dynamic could change, right? Like it could give Steve Smith, who's going to be the captain for the rest of the series, more flexibility. Yeah, it does. It certainly does. It gives them several options. They can either go. The 2-2 uh, split that they have in Nagpur with two fast bowlers and two spinners and then the all-rounder in green, and they also have Travis Head. Or they could pick three spinners again, have Green and Mitchell Stark or Green and Boland play in the same time in the same side. Probably Stark, I would say. Um, he gives them the left-arm option. So, yeah, they've got a lot more depth, a lot more options to play with, uh, and it just gives Steve Smith plenty of chances to mix and match his bowlers. He doesn't have to be as reliant on Lyon and Murphy uh, or even as reliant on Cummins, as Cummins was with Kuhneman uh, from one end. He can, he can change things up. He can set some funkier fields. He doesn't need to be predictable in any way, shape or form. As we see with India's attack, although they have relied very heavily on uh, Ravi Jadeja and R. Ashwin, uh, they do have options to throw it around and in the first innings they were able to give it back to Mohamed Shami when it was reversing and he was able to do some damage. So, um, yeah, having a five-man attack just gives the captain so many different options and a lot more flexibility. Talking about that, right, the fact that they couldn't close out the innings, uh, it's, uh, again, like another cheat code, so as to speak. Like, this is uh, Karthik referring to the piece we had written, right? It's the lower order that has bailed India out once again. And not only bailed in say, in a scrappy way, right? Uh, Ashwin and Naksar were just, uh, like, solid in defence, gave away very few chances and, like, put together the first 100-run partnership of the series uh, and the highest partnership of the series so far. Uh, the way I am looking at it is, I, we can't change any of this, right? Like, we, we don't want to. Like, Jadeja, Akshar and Ashwin are perfect there. But 
uh, moving on like if uh, ashwin is getting old jadeja is 34 maybe he's got a couple of years left who is next like is it going to be like washington sundar i'm only saying this purely because uh, we can't really uh, talk too negatively about these guys so far yeah i mean see uh, you're talking about ashwin and jadeja who you'd argue that both of them would get into an all time india test 11 at at home for sure i mean you you can't replace all time greats that easily if, even if they you know both were number 11s who couldn't uh, bat to save their lives they still their bowling would still be you know almost irreplaceable like you just hope that you get like competent spinners down the line to like replace them and the fact that they are all rounders to boot it's not just them right like you've got a an entire generation of players who you know like we're all like in their almost mid 30s to late 30s so it's it's not going to be easy like maybe in a couple of years time you know india might be in the kind of situation they were at say in 2012 13 against england when they la- last lost a series in india right now you just enjoy what you're getting out of them and like hope that the the next in line uh players are you know somewhere near as good as the, these guys like is there a next in line though because like we we have seen like a conveyor belt for batting right you can never really predict this stuff right i remember that series in 2012 13 where you know ashwin had probably his worst series with the ball and uh, he almost looked more promising as a batter than a bowler almost i mean you could see that He had like a lot of potential as a bowler as well. Things look bleak then, but like within the next series, in fact, the last test of that series in Nagpur, uh, Ravindra Jadeja made his debut then, and at that point, everyone thought he's a batting all-rounder. Nobody thought he's going to be like the spin bowler that he's gone on to become. So these things you can't predict. They happen through like uh, nurturing the talent you've got, giving them the best environment to grow, and all that, which. these people have had and they they are also incredibly talented cricketers so you can't predict say two years down the line this player will take over from that player it's 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 a that exercise never really like works it's it's fun to do you can be like okay in two years time this is going to be india's test 11 but when two years down the line does happen it's not really going to look like that so we'll just wait and see Yeah before we go forward I just wanted to point out something from what uh, Alex had mentioned uh, he didn't bring up Manus Labashain as a potential bowling option for Australia I'll just add something on that cause the uh, Manus Labashain's bowling is a, is a concern for Australia he he doesn't work on it which is quite crazy to to me uh, he actually has a decent ish first class record uh, although he has bowled medium pace quite a lot for Glamorgan when he's played in county cricket but he has the ability and the capability of doing some damage with the ball his leg breaks his best stuff with his leg breaks is very dangerous but he actually hasn't been working on it he did not bowl one leg break in the nets in the lead up to the Delhi test I watched both net sessions on the Wednesday and the Thursday he did not bowl one single leg break he was doing th- off spin throwdowns for his batters so there's got to be some questions asked of both Manus and the Australian team as to why he's not working on that that prime that that skill outside of his primary skill of batting on the uh, second day of play and uh, what Travis had was taking uh, Ashwin and Jadeja on on day 2 towards uh, when the sun had set and it got easier for batting and uh, Australia were going at around 5 runs and over it's around 60 61 
for one at stumps it's a holiday for me the next day there's a movie i wanted to watch and i didn't want to miss the cricket so i decided you know what i'll go for a super early show in the morning it's like 9 in the morning in the theater uh, at least i'll have the whole day of cricket left right so when i get done with it i can at least come back and like watch maybe two sessions two and a half we thought it's going to go on till day four movie gets done i come out and rohit sharma already batting uh, i open the app i go through the fall of wickets and i is this like I, i don't even know how to describe what i saw like we all know the 241 that sachin scored right where like famously he never scored off a single cover drive and like there's a lot of concentration and he put a lot of effort put into every ball and i think what i saw was the exact opposite of that at one side you have one person just saying i'm not going to play this shot the other end is like you know what what if i sweep every ball <laughs> yeah it's it's something that the australian team are trying to work through in the aftermath uh, it's it's really i wrote the other day that it's it's ashwin and jadeja almost getting in the heads of of the australian batters they they were well in front as you rightly pointed out and and Travis Head was playing beautifully. Uh, Manas Labashan had played really well the night before. He'd actually swept Jadeja pretty powerfully a couple of times and looked to be on top of him. Um, and the plans of the Australian players are pretty simple. Each guy has an individual plan of how they want to play and, and they're being told to try and stick to that plan. Now, Usman Khawaja has been sweeping and reverse sweeping and he, and he did it to great effect in the first innings, making 81. He fell to the reverse sweep. It was a great catch by Cal Rahul. That can happen. He's a little bit unlucky. And then second dig, he played a paddle sweep off Jadeja, probably a little careless, not really acknowledging that there was a leg slip there. So that was a mistake in execution rather than decision-making. It was the right shot to play to that ball. He found the middle of the bat. He just probably needed to roll his wrists and keep it down or hit it harder and, and go forward of square to the sweeper in the deep rather than paddle it fine straight to, to short leg. So that's an example of a guy who is sweeping and sweeps really well, has done it over the last 12 months and is going to continue to play it. He has to continue to play it because it's a, a method of scoring runs over here. Um, Travis Head didn't play a single sweep shot in his innings of 44, uh, 43 and he played really, really well. Uh, but he got beaten by one of the best balls of the innings and that kind of spooked Australia. They got this doubt in their mind that there was one ball with their name on it and as a result, they, they kind of thought they had to get India before they got them to get Ashwin and Jadeja before they got them and that's where that came from. And then Smith inexplicably played a sweep shot. He does not sweep. Uh, I wrote the other day, he's played 18 sweep shots in 1,595 balls in India in Test Match Cricket. 18 sweep shots and he hadn't played one single sweep shot on this tour and out of nowhere to Ash when he played a sweep shot that he didn't need to play and then all all hell broke loose after that. Um, not everyone swept. Uh, obviously, six guys fell to sweeps, but not everyone in the top order um, fell that way. Pete Hanscom got a really good delivery from Jadeja. He played one sweep shot in the first innings, and other than that, he didn't play a single sweep shot uh, in his 72 not out, and he got out trying to defend. He got a beauty. So the the frustration from the Australian perspective was that uh, Smith tried to sweep. It's not in his plans Renshaw uh, what is a sweeper. He probably picked the wrong length. He, he's had some trouble trying to 
get off the mark basically in this series. Um, trying to sweep off the stumps is a dangerous game here in India. Uh, and then Pat Cummins was probably the worst shot of the lot. He he isn't a sweeper either. He'll slog sweep balls from well outside of stump, but to slog sweep a ball that's on pitching on off and and hitting middle and off that that was crazy from the captain. But again, as we know, in the aftermath, uh, his his mind certainly isn't there. And then uh, a couple of the tailenders fell to sweep as, as well. So I think each shot needs to be marked against each player depending on their plans. And I would say the guys who made the mistakes sweeping were. Um, Smith and Cummins playing shots that they don't play and then in the case of Kawaja and Renshaw they just didn't execute correctly or didn't pick the right options to sweep and same as Alex Carey he's got an issue really with the the technical side of his reverse sweeps and picking the right one he's he's got out reverse sweeping three times in the series he put it away in the first innings and copped a cracker from Ashwin that exploded off a length and took the shot of the back and was caught at slip so he went back to reverse sweeping from off the stumps and he, his technique has some questions to it because he's putting his pad well outside the line of the ball and, and getting bowled around his legs which is which is not the way to play the reverse sweep so all of those things Basically thrown into the melting pot led to Australia losing eight for 28. Um, but they're, they're certainly having long, hard discussions about who should sweep, who shouldn't sweep, and when they should execute those shots. And, and that's essentially what happened. It, it's that uh, Alex Carey shot that comes to mind mainly because like there's this meme floating about where you have uh, Ravichandran Ashwin thinking and uh, putting a different spin and a variation into every single ball that he's bowling in the over, whereas Jadeja gets, what, seven wickets by bowling the same ball over and over and over again. I, I don't want to say it looked comical because they did come out with a plan, right? And uh, they thought the plan would work. But wouldn't you imagine that like these are pretty good uh, batters, right? None of the batters are playing their first series here. And you, you would imagine that someone would get a read of the conditions and just bat it out till till you can figure out how to score runs because there was no need for that sense of urgency like i said session before i honestly thought australia were ahead and they could have uh, if they had played the same way they could have taken the match forward and maybe like i don't know it would be either one one or a draw right now but is there nothing that can be said about they didn't even think of changing the plans. Is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, well, they, they were ahead. They were definitely ahead. They know. They acknowledge it. They were two for 85 in the second innings, leading by 86 as the wicket was deteriorating. They know they had the opportunity to win that game. They they should have won that game. They probably had two chances, as we mentioned earlier, about winning the game. They were in front with the ball and they were in front with the bat. If they if they'd posted 250, Australia probably would have won the game. Um, but. Well, they would have gone very close. Uh, it would have been a really, really difficult chase for India on that surface as it was breaking up even more. Um, they just panicked. I mean, Michael Duvenuto spoke to um, the press uh, in, a, in a conversation, extended conversation about it uh, a couple of days after the Delhi game. And he his assessment was that they just tried to accelerate the game too quickly. They, they all decided, for whatever reason, there was no discussion in the rooms, but it felt like to him that... The batters felt that if they added 50 or 60 really quickly, then then that could be enough. And they just forgot that they had time on their side. And I, my personal opinion is I, I genuinely believe the delivery that Ashwin bowled to head first up in the first over of the day that knocked him over spooked Australia. That's, that's my view. They thought in their minds that there was going to be one delivery with their name on it if they tried to trust their defence. 
and so they had to do something else. And, and that's, that's my read on it, having seen those collapses before, having been a part of them when I played. It's, that, that, to me, is what that felt like. And Hanscom, the same. Hanscom had the, has the most assured defence in these conditions of any of the Australian players. And he's batted beautifully in this series so far. And he, the same as Head, tried to defend and, and got a beauty from Jadeja. And so, as a result of that... A few guys went away from their plans because they were spooked. And Kerry actually played to his plans. His issue is more picking the right ball to sweep off the stumps. He's got out the same way three times in this series, putting his front leg outside off stump, exposing middle and leg, and getting bowled around his legs trying to reverse sweep. Now, he's also hit four or five reverse sweep boundaries in this series and looked good doing it. So, uh, And he did that last year in Sri Lanka and in Pakistan to great effect. So his is probably a technical and decision-making issue and... and and maybe needing to trust his defence with balls pitching on the stumps and then picking balls online to reverse sweep. For the other guys, if they're not sweepers, uh, like Smith and Cummins, then they probably shouldn't be sweeping. Um, it's as simple as that. Yeah. No, see, I think sometimes it's like the perfect storm, right? Like uh, the 36 all-out in uh, Adelaide. It was a case of like that day the ball just happened to be moving just enough. Like it was seeming, but it wasn't... Seeming so much that it was missing the bat. Everything was... India, I mean, whenever they made an error, they edged it. And all the edges went to hand and got caught. Like, sometimes it can happen, right? This was kind of like that in the sense that every morning, whether it was day one, two or three, the morning session was where uh, the spinners looked most dangerous because there was a little bit of moisture, uh, whether from the weather itself and a little bit of dew or from like sweating under the covers overnight or both so there was a little bit of moisture and before it had a chance to like dry out that was when the ball was more than anything else it was coming off the pitch quickly while turning or not turning like with that natural variation so there was less time for like the batters to kind of react and like adjust so all three days like a lot of wickets fell in that first session and on day three like uh, Alex spoke about the handscum dismissal right he did everything right, and but it just turned a lot and turned quickly from a very full length. It wasn't like, you know, it was fuller than like your traditional good length. And if it had been a traditional good length, it would have beaten his bat. But it turned a lot from a full length and there's nothing he could do about it. So sometimes that can happen. And when there's so much like turn and natural variation happening and these guys are so accurate, you can uh, get into this mindset of okay we need to score as quickly as we can before that one ma- one ball comes which gets me out right and so i wouldn't really like blame them too much and also it's like they're so accurate that you're not getting drive balls you're not getting like balls to cut and they bowl pretty quick both of them so using your feet unless you're a natural at it like smith smith can get down the pitch very well uh labushane too right and head in head uh end of day two was doing that a little bit as well but, you know, you need to kind of be a natural at that as well. So, otherwise, like, to get down to a, you know, to try and score runs off, like, a really good, accurate, good length when the ball is turning and, like, when there's natural variation and to try and, like, you know, still get runs quickly, the sweep is, like, you know, one of the options you have. And on the day, it didn't work. And you could say that, look, you know, you can't play that shot on this pitch where... Some balls are shooting through low and, you know, you, you, you're you not getting low enough to get an edge on it or whatever. 
but it's one of the very few options they had left and they went for it they knew there was a risk involved they went for it and it didn't come off so i'm not going to like i don't think i'd blame them too much it was just a case of like two world class bowlers and conditions everything coming together to make life extremely difficult for the batter coming to the comparison to 36 right you did mention even in the last part that when the wickets fell uh, consistently in the second innings and you compared the situation in mind for australia to the adelaide 36 all out rate and now it's because it's happened twice in a row like are we expecting another storm to brew up both day 3 in nagpur and day 3 in delhi uh, it was genuinely like difficult to bat i mean if anything like australia had the best of batting conditions on day 1 and maybe they could have done a little more with it to get a bigger total on day 3 i don't know it just looked like there wasn't much they could do at all i don't know like it will depend on what indore is like to the to answer the question but i'll just say one thing which is that by adopting the method that they did which you know i'm not criticizing it because they tried to defend i think in nagpur most of them except carry pretty much and they still got bowled out in a session so it's not like you know that method is you know guaranteed to work either uh, i but in delhi on day 3 they just let ashwin and jadeja bowl unchanged they didn't force india to go and like make a bowling change bring akshar patel or no someone else right maybe there's an opportunity there for runs to come you give yourself a little bit of a chance but maybe that's uh like hands come in the first innings like alex said like his defense is really solid like he just seems to like have everything in place and you know a method have a method that he can trust that's something they are probably and will probably work on a lot all their batters before indore so that you know they at least like make india's bowlers bowl for longer like you know get into the third bowler fourth bowler and then you know see what they can make of that like speaking of perfect storms right we seem to be having a player stuck in one outside of the cricket pitch and you could argue on the pitch as well right like we're going to talk about kl rahul of course and i honestly think he's getting too much flack for like his performance in general and uh, was it your piece uh, about the averages uh, for opening batters during KL Rahul's time right uh, about how he has performed like at par or slightly above par for an opener of this current era to have overseas hundreds in one season right the season is still ongoing and he has had overseas hundreds in south africa and in england and uh, india have done relatively well uh, with him batting just because of the slight dip in form like he's copying a lot of flack and i have not seen a player get as much flack since kohli like i can't talk about the previous eras right like like from like 2000s and 90s and so forth but like i have not seen as much vitriol as i'm seeing towards uh, kl rahul and like like i don't know what to make of it do you think the indian team is reacting to the flag per se because dravid and rohit sharma are the sort who back players for the first time we saw demotion right he's no longer vice captain in the current series so like what do you make of that it's it's always been the case especially in the social media era that like you know players are going to cop flag the one thing i found uh, unusual was like venkatesh prasad going after rahul so much 
which especially since he's a Karnataka player as well and all of that. So almost like he's like, no, I am going to try extra hard not to be partisan here and like in the process cross the line into, you know, I don't know. It just seemed a little distasteful at times uh, where he was, okay, you know, you question a player form and say this other player should get picked. But then he was questioning the motives of the team management and the selectors for like picking him, alleging that there's favoritism and all of that. Which, come on, like as a former player, you shouldn't do that, I feel. Though, I mean, former players do tend to kind of get that way after they've retired. It's weird. They seem to lose their empathy for like uh, their own kind as soon as they're done playing, which is very weird. But it's how it's been like. No, it comes across as they have the empathy for their class of players, like in the era that they played in. Yeah, you see that little bit with Harbhajan Singh and like, you know, he constantly goes after like, oh, like Ashwin gets his wickets only on like, uh, like, like really square turners and stuff like that. I don't know where it comes from, but it's there, right? Uh, I'll just say that like, uh, same time last year, like Pujara and Rahane were really copying it as well. Maybe not to the same extent from in in this concerted way from one player one former player but they were getting they were get, getting a lot of it on social media as well so it's inevitable and uh, i'll just go back to 2015 right that was when india played south africa at home there were some you know really difficult pitches there especially in mohali and nagpur where the ball spun from ball one and uh, virat kohli said something during that series which you know it has actually come true he said that we want to win test matches and if that means that our batting averages suffer as a result, so be it. And look at like Kohli's average now, it's like below 50 and it's like 48 point whatever. Uh, look at Pujara's average, how much it's dipped. He was in the 50s to like around 2019 time and it's just kept going down. And uh, it's because A, India get difficult pitches when they travel abroad. But no longer are they coming back home and then, you know, feasting on like the bowling in on flat pitches, which used to be the case before. Uh, by and large, there was, there was always the odd test match where the ball would turn uh, a lot and like, you know, it, it would be low scoring from both sides. But by and large, Indian pitches in the past tended to be flat in the first innings and then you'd have like a lot more turn and like wear and tear in the second innings. That's not the case now. So, uh, Rahul... He's just another victim of that. Like, his batting average is what it is. Uh, I wouldn't say purely because of that, but to a large extent because of that. That India just play relentlessly wherever they go, whether home or away, on challenging pitches. And he's not even played that many home tests. He didn't play against South Africa in 2019, where India made a lot of big scores. He wasn't playing that series. He didn't play against uh, Bangladesh that year. You know, he's missed a, quite a few series with injury or because he was dropped for his away performances and stuff. So, his record is a function of, like, the kind of matches he's got to play. And, like, and if you're in bad form, right, it's much harder to come into form when you're playing on pitches like this. So, if you're in good form, you might get the odd hundred somewhere and that'll keep your average up and stuff. It's just much harder when you're not in form and then you, you know go into the next match and it's another like you know green seamer or like square turner so i feel for him but uh in indian cricket right now you can't afford to go through like a long 
run of low scores because guess who's like waiting to like take your place i can see why india like uh, have faith in him you spoke about his hundreds in england and in, at lords and centurion right but he scored 200s in england uh, 100 in australia as well and in south africa so he's like he's done enough to suggest that he's got like a lot of potential of course now he's 30 and like the word potential starts looking a little different then it's not like he's gone in and struggled in every match he's played in every series he's played he's clearly shown that he's got like a really high level of talent so which is why he's been backed but like with shubman gill now really knocking on that door he might have to sit out in indore Alex, I wanted to come to you also about uh, just the noise because uh, we are seeing the same thing happen with former players in Australia as well, right? Like we know what Alan Border's comment: "Oh, we're not playing hard nose cricket." Or uh, you had uh, Healy trying to show how to play a sweep shot. Like it, to me, when I saw uh, those two clips, right, it felt like it went a little beyond. Uh, hey, like I would do it differently. It 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 was more pointed and it was more like, hey, like you're doing something wrong and like I we need to change things up. Like, is the like, like is it similar? Like, uh, you'd say in this current series from even the Australian media towards their team, like KL Rahul is drawing flag with India already winning. Like they're already two nil up. I would I, I would assume it's a lot more for Australia right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's very pointed actually. Um... A lot of the former players have come out and been outspoken. The team is already starting from a point where the former players have a... I'm trying to think of the right word here. A, a tense relationship with the current group after what happened with Justin Langer. The former players, particularly of his era, have been very strong in their defence of, of Langer and, and very upset about the way Langer was treated in terms of his exit from the Australian coaching job. And then the current players uh, in the group have been very strong and forthright and having been led by Pat Cummins on that front in terms of saying, no, we needed to move on and and uh, and we wanted to go in a different direction. So that that's the starting point. And they've sort of held the former players at bay, I guess, because they've been winning for a long time since since that incident happened when Langer departed ahead of the Pakistan series last year. They haven't really lost anywhere apart from they lost by an innings uh, in the second innings in goal, in second test in goal, I should say, middle of last year. But they still drew the series 1-1. So this is the first time they've really suffered um, some serious losses uh, and they've they've had some serious collapses and the former players have, have started to uh, come out of the woodwork and, and make some pretty pointed um, points, I guess, for want of a better term, about you know how what they're seeing and what they think the Australian team should be doing. But to be honest, and, and a little bit like what KK was just talking about, uh, the former players probably forgetting how hard it is here. The, it, batting in India has never been harder. And batting in India right now is, is the hardest place in the world in, in global cricket. The stats tell you that. Scoring runs in India is, is more difficult than anywhere else in the world right now. And you only have to ask Virat Kohli about that. He, he's clearly not had the greatest run of it in recent times batting in test cricket in India. And and I know he's he's would prefer to probably bat on, on some flatter pitches as a result of, of what's been happening to him. So um, the, the former players are forgetting that, I think. And even those guys that have been here and had semi-success over here are forgetting that perhaps they didn't 
play on the same pitches. The 04 team that won famously here 2-1, they got to play on a green seamer in Nagpur and the, and the Quicks had, had their way with India. Um, remember, Saurav Ganguly famously didn't play almost out of protest because of the pitch that turned up. So they haven't really experienced what this current group is experiencing. But having said that, the current group needs to take responsibility for not sticking with their plans and not um, just just not holding firm with the things they'd set in place um, and, and trusting their game and trusting their defence. I think it's probably it's probably fair to criticise criticise them on that front in terms of playing harder or having a harder edge or or uh, copying in Healy's methods. That that's probably um, that's probably one that can be left alone. Like just to close it out, right? Where do both sides go from here? Firstly, like Australia right now, we know that uh, Pat Cummins has uh, been released from the squad and uh, Stephen Smith will lead for the remaining two tests. Uh, Hazelwood is injured. Uh, Agar has been sent back home. Uh, Stark hasn't played yet. And uh, like, I, I even, I, I would say the bowling isn't that bad. I think the bowling is good. But if the batting is all over the place, how can they salvage the remaining two tests? Because, I mean, you can still tie the series. Yeah, they can. Uh, there won't be too many changes. So Travis Head will stay as an opening batter after his good performance in the second innings in Delhi. He will open alongside Usman Khawaja. Obviously, David Warner's gone home with that um, hairline fracture in his elbow. Um, Labashane and Smith will remain at three and four, of course. Uh, and Peter Hanscom's been, been one of the fines of the series and has played really well. So he'll stay either at five or at six. And Cameron Green will probably come in for Matt Renshaw. Or Cameron Green will definitely come in for Matt Renshaw, actually. So that'll be the top six. Kerry will bat at seven. Um, so there's your, there's your top seven sorted. Uh, it's just a case of those guys batting a little bit better. Kawaja's play well at times. Uh, Head's going to get an opportunity at the top of the order, which is great. Uh, Labashane's looked really good at stages during the series. He just hasn't been able to convert his starts. And Smith is the one who, who would be very frustrated at the way he's gone so far, given his record and given the way he played in 2017 here in India. And Hanscom's played well. And then Green uh, has has... Played well on the subcontinent last year. He did a good job in Pakistan. He was man of the match in the first test in Gaul last year against Sri Lanka on a raging turner in a game that ended inside three days. He made 77 in a match where only three guys passed 50. So they have all the, the... they have their best guys there. That's that's basically their best six batters available. They haven't got anybody else they can turn to. And then from a bowling perspective, it's just a question now with Green's inclusion and he's fully available to bowl, how do they want to set up the attack? Obviously, Murphy and Lyon will play together. There's no doubt about that. They need to pick one quick. It will probably be Mitchell Stark. He should be fit and he adds something different. He can reverse the ball. He comes from a different angle. He's got a, got that extra pace uh, and he's going to create some footmarks outside the right-handers off stump as a left arm quick uh, and so he comes in and then it's a question of whether do they stick with Kuhneman do they did they like the role that he did and do they think he can do that again uh, or do they turn to Boland again and see if he can just play that holding role which he I thought he played very well in Nagpur we spoke about it on the pod last time I thought he was under bold uh, he was able to contain the run rate he did put pressure on Jadeja and Akshar at stages he nicked them both off neither ball went to hand but uh, he to me, and he bowled really well to Rohit as well when he made his hundred. So, the option that that's really it is that do they want as the fifth bowler? Do they want the extra spinner, the left arm orthodox in Kuhneman, or do they want the extra uh, quick in bowling? That's really the only options they can 
go with. The only other thought they might have is maybe, given it's a five-man attack and he won't have to bowl that many overs, they could have a look at Mitchell Swepson as a leg spinner uh, and see if he could do some damage. But um, I doubt that would happen, given he's coming back uh, to the squad, having spent a week at home um, for the birth of his first child. So that's really it. That's, that's all they can do. And it's really incumbent upon the batting group to find a method that works or stick with the methods that they came in with and just find a way mentally and technically to calm their minds and and calm their nerves and work their way through Ashwin and Jadeja and and as KK put it, make them bowl longer spells, make Rohit turn back to his other bowlers and and see if they can pile up some bigger scores than what they've managed. Uh, Karthik, what what do you think for India? Like Maybe... Subban Gil for KL Rahul but beyond that it's going to be more or less the same and like the indoor wicket is supposed to be a little more batting friendly right it's only hosted one test lately it's hosted a couple of like uh, white ball games and like it's like uh, in the white ball games like it's also a small ground right that coupled with its flat pitch it's like uh, India were threatening to score 500 in an ODI there recently they didn't get there but they were threatening it and there's another T20 game where like South Africa, like David Miller got 100 and like uh, uh, they piled on a really big total. So, and that one test match against New Zealand in 2016, Kohli made I think a double 100, Rahane made 188 and Ashwin got uh, like 13 in the game but he really had to bowl a lot of overs to get that. I think the nature of the pitch there, the nature of the soil there is to, you know, be good for batting. But, like, uh, I think India will continue to make an effort to, like, you know, uh, get it to turn from the start. How much of the pitch's natural character will hold up and how much, uh, you know, this desire. I'm pretty sure there is a desire to get it to turn from ball one. So, it'll be interesting to see how it plays. If Australia win another toss and they're pretty good to bat on on day one, that's their big chance, I feel. They've already won two tosses, uh, uh, so we'll see about that. But uh, maybe there could be a little more advantage in Indore for the team winning the toss. Uh, But then it could turn out completely different from anything I've said. Uh, And as for India's uh, changes, I doubt they'll change anything other than Gil coming in for uh, KL. Uh, Yeah, I mean, who do you leave out and... uh, there's, there's no really no need to make any other changes. I thought uh, Kohli batted beautifully in both innings in Delhi. What, what, 44 and 20-odd in the second innings. Still, he looked really good. So, maybe, hopefully, if he can continue there, that, maybe there's like a big, big, go, big-ish score around the corner for him as well. Just just say a big 100 is around the corner. It's fine. You can sound like any other commentator. Sure, I'll say it. 158. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, so I guess uh, that's it uh, with regards to the Border Gavaskar trophy so far. Uh, we will catch you guys after the end of the third test. Hopefully, that will go on for at least four days. We might do a sweepstakes in the office for it, pun intended. Thank you, Alex and Karthik, and uh, I'll see you guys soon. Thank you, Kostov. Thank you. It's been a pleasure as always.